Poaching distributors. Poaching. In 40 years, this is a term that I have never used. I've never written an article about it. I've never talked about it in a podcast. But now, because of where I am at this time and place in history and what I know is getting ready to happen, uh, the time to talk about it is now and the day is today. The thought, thou shall not poach, that philosophy is considered a best business practice in network marketing. And from what I can tell, it's just a philosophy that's been spread throughout the industry by weak people with leadership, quote unquote, titles, leadership titles in multiple network marketing companies. So let's talk about it today. Welcome to the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Training Podcast for serious-minded, deep-thinking, career-oriented network marketing pros who are sick of the fluff and appreciate the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now here's your host who has produced over 200 hours of real-world training for the industry, 30-plus years network marketing pro, Dale Calvert. Poaching distributors. My attitude has always been over the last 40 years is, look, if if you don't think you can make it with the culture that we create and the focus on developing unified, duplicatable training systems, uh, very systematic, sequential training, if you can't make it here, you aren't going to make it anywhere. So don't let the door don't let the door hit you in, in the butt on the way out. It's always been my my sincere belief with people. I felt sorry for people. Uh, it's the same work. It's the exact same work. With that said, in 40 years, I lost one really good leader that I wish I hadn't. I felt bad about it for a while. Uh, but later on down the road, I found out they just made him an offer, a bridge money deal that he couldn't refuse. Uh, today, years later, we're great friends. So it's no big deal, no big deal at all. But uh, this whole poaching distributor concept idea that's been propagated throughout this n- the network marketing profession, I just find it very fascinating. It's one of the many philosophies, in my opinion, that have been propagated throughout the profession the last 20 years so that uh, – that really makes no business sense in the real world. It's, it's a philosophy created by weak people with leadership titles and hopes of being able to maintain their following. Uh, you know, I've really, before this podcast, I've tried to do as much research and get as many people's opinion on the term poaching distributors before we record it, it it appears that that the mainstream philosophy in this profession is that if anyone at any time is communicating with another network marketer about an opportunity that could possibly help them, uh, that's a no-no. You you never talk to another network marketing about any tool, business, product, Nothing. It's a no-no. That's poaching. 
Well, in the real world, if we just stop and think about it, say I'm a corporate uh, manager at Kia Motors, and Lexus contacts me and offers me the opportunity that I feel could advance my career and provide a better lifestyle for my family. And after looking at the facts, I decide to take advantage of that opportunity and maybe even move my family across country. In the real business world, that is called common business practice. In fact, many companies hire headhunting firms whose sole purpose is just to add additional talent to their teams. This is how the real world works, but not in network marketing. Uh, the reason I decided to do this session is because based upon the conversations I've had the last week, this is going to be a topic that myself and many of my leaders and team members are going to have to really wrap our minds around and deal with over and over and over again, I'm sure, over the next few years. So I'm going to share with you a couple of experiences I've had uh, over the years and then some of my most recent experiences in the last week, uh, namely with a Plexus Diamond Emerald Ambassador, a Plexus Diamond Emerald Ambassador with a cherry on top. I just added the cherry on top. Uh, her name's Helen McFadden, and I sincerely think she's a perfect example of what "quote unquote" leaders have become in network the network marketing profession today. Those who are masters at developing followers. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast very much, you've heard me say dozens and dozens of times that. In the real world, as Brian Tracy and others have said, real leaders don't develop followers. They have systems and team cultures in place to develop other leaders. I need to say that again. In the real world, leaders could care less about followers. They have systems and team culture, a team culture in place to develop other leaders. However, in today's network marketing world, we call anybody that can develop a social media following leaders. <laughs> they aren't leaders. They're just people who develop social media followings. Guys, we got to wrap our brains around this. this. It's getting outrageous, outrageous. As you're going to find out as we continue in this podcast, it's outrageous. Uh, I'm not against social media as a prospecting tool. However, in network marketing, duplication stops if your team is not able to do what you do. And there's a lot of people that have the communication skills, the personality, the pizzazz, uh, the BS, the look to create followings in social media. Okay, there's other people that have every all the tools, the transferable skills to do phenomenal working trade shows, uh, are do unbelievable, have unbelievable success just doing meetups in different cities with different meetup groups, BMI or whatever. 
Okay, and I could go on and on. I won't. I I think those are three good examples, social media, trade shows, meetups. But guys, if the majority of people on your team cannot do what you do, duplication stops. Some personalities and people with the right look, transferable skills, uh, can get on social media and attract a following. But my question has always been, uh, who are you attracting? For the most part, the only people you're going to attract is they're not going to be business-minded people. They're going to be those that like to be entertained and recognized. They like their virtual high-five and shout-outs. And and it's about as valuable as watching cat videos on YouTube. So when business-minded people look behind the curtain and understand what's really going on, and decide, you know, I need to find a different culture and systems where real duplication can happen for people on my team, and they leave your team, you call you can call it poaching if you want, you can call it whatever you want, hijacking your team, whatever you want to call it. But we all know that the real problem is your lack of leadership there's more to to building teams guys in this profession than giving advice to people and again i hear this so much from so many people they just told me keep doing what i'm doing keep doing what i'm doing uh or hey you're an independent contractor figure it out i had to figure it out and then the most common we i hear over and over every week you just got to post on social media more. You got, you're only, you aren't doing four posts a day. You aren't doing six posts a day and so on and so forth. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. In the real world, duplicating teams and homegrown leadership is created by sequential, unified, duplicatable systems that average people, I call them the 27 percenters, can implement in the marketplace and produce results as we've been teaching for 35 years. You know, at some point you would think these people that are creating social media followers would realize they ain't the issue. I think we even did a podcast called you ain't the issue. You aren't the issue. You aren't the issue. Unified duplicatable systems that, the 27 percenters can go into the marketplace and produce consistent results. Consistent monthly results is what's going to create a team. So my first poaching experience, I've had several over the years. I really haven't thought too much about it because it just doesn't bother me. It is what it is. But, um, you know, I can remember uh, back in the Shackley my Shackley days, uh, probably my second year after I'd gone through my spiral notebook and contacted everybody, and I was running some ads in the Thrifty Nickel, and some guy down in Frankfort, Kentucky, contacted me, and I went to his house and sit down at his kitchen table, like I've done many, many times before with different people, pulled out my book, got to know him a little bit, and before I could start my presentation, he reaches in a folder and pulls out all this stuff about some company called Space Age Foods. First and only time I ever heard of it, they ended up going out of business. But 
obviously I realized real quickly he's not there. To, I'm not there for him to hear. He he doesn't care what I have to say. He wants to show me what space age food's all about. I uh, got out of there as quickly as I possibly could, and I thought, my gracious, what the, what what the the nerve of this guy? I'm I'm driving all the way down here. He's responding to my ad, and then he wants to just get me in his kitchen table so he could pitch me. Uh, unethical. Then I remember, uh, uh, and Shackley about my fourth year, I traveled to Harrodsburg, Kentucky and met with a, a girl. Her name was Melissa. She had responded to a direct mail piece that we had mailed and, uh, I sat down, did my whole presentation. She got excited. She saw the possibility. She understood residual income, got really fired up about that. She had just graduated college and was having trouble finding a job. And so she joined that night, got her distributor kit, got a package of about a hundred dollars package that we started people with. And she was supposed to be at our, our weekly training event on Thursday. She didn't show up. And that was before the days of texting and, you know, being able to communicate with people real quickly and easily. And I finally got a hold of her and she said, yeah, she said, some things have come up. She said, is there any way you could come here next Tuesday? And I hadn't scheduled out my my appointments for the week. So I said, yeah, I said, yeah I'll, I'll come back Tuesday. And she sounded concerned, like something was bothering her. So I just wanted to see what we could do. Cause I really liked this girl. I thought she had a lot of fire and, uh, I thought she could do really well. Well, when I got there, she introduced me to her aunt from California who was in visiting and her aunt, she said, Dale, she said, I just want you to hear what I found. And I thought, what? Not space age foods again. Uh, but this, this girl was, uh, she's a good girl. Her aunt was phenomenal, and we had a great conversation, and, and her aunt shared with me the Herbalife story. First time I ever heard of the words Herbalife. She showed me pictures of the office in Hollywood, California, and told me about the success of Mark Hughes, the founder, and what he had done in the past as a distributor. And they had all kinds, she had all kinds of before and after pictures and checks that people were making their first month. And on, on, and on, and on. And uh, she said, M Melissa is going to be the first distributor in the state of Kentucky where nobody's in Kentucky yet. And she would love to have you work with her. She spoke highly of you, so on and so forth. Now, look, guys, if I knew then what I know now, I would have jumped all over it. First distributor in Herbalife. However, like many people that are listening to this podcast, I mean, I'm loyal. I had parents and people from my church and others that were dependent on me. Uh, we had no upline. My sponsor quit two weeks after I joined. And we're, we're three or four years into this, into building Shackley. I've got my bonus car. I've been to San Francisco, uh, you know, and I got people dependent on me. And, and I've often thought about w how things could have been different. Not that, that, you know, that they definitely need to be, but how they would have been different if I'd caught the Herbalife wave. Um, uh, 
So I remember real distinctly. I mean, I was, I was all gun ho, honestly, but because I didn't understand that the best move for me would be the best move for all the people on my team. Okay, there's a disconnect with people. I, it was it, there was a disconnect with me, and I see it today. There's a disconnect. People think, well, I'm abandoning my team. And my experience has shown, and, and again, communicating with a lot of people, that's really normally not the case. Because if it's the best move for you, then it's probably the best move for them. And, and, and again, I could really, we could really get into that concept. I won't. But, you know, I told her, I said, look, I can't do it. I have people depending on me. I've been doing this too long uh, because we all fall in love with our first company, right? I was in love with Shackley, honestly. But from a business standpoint, getting involved with this company, and no, none of us knew what Herbalife was going to be. I mean, looking back, it's like a real huge mistake. But, but I told her, I said, look, I can't do it, but I think you should because – your your aunt has more experience in direct sales and and she's obviously a leader than I than I do right now and I think it's a great opportunity and I think you should do it and you know it was like maybe a year later I I was talking with someone they gave me a Herbalife magazine and I was going through it and it showed the top producers in the state of Kentucky and there she was her picture uh, at the very top and I was really happy for her. Okay, I didn't consider that that they were trying to poach me. Okay, it was just people sharing with people ideas, opportunities, uh, something that could have been of value to me. Nothing beyond that. Nothing cynical. Nothing underhanded. You know, it's they were just sharing with me what was going on. Uh, then I remember when I got involved in National Safety Associates, uh, I'm not going to rehash that whole story, but I went to the first event, and uh, it was at a hotel in Lexington. I got there a little bit early, and there's this guy hanging out in the hall, and uh, he started chatting me up, and who are you here with? Who invited you? Blah, blah, blah. So I'm coming for the first meeting to the Opportunity Overview, and this guy's out in the hall. And chatting me up, and, and then he starts into, well, who invited you? And I told him, and he said, well, you don't want to get involved with those Louisville guys. You know, you need to you need to join with us here in central Kentucky and blah, 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 and blah, blah. And he was trying – somebody else had sent me to the opportunity meeting, and he was trying to recruit me on his team. And we've all probably heard those stories, and they did exist. This guy was a real shyster. So anyway, I didn't pay any attention to him. I, again, I'm I'm going to go with the guy that shared it with me, and I did. And I got joined. I got started that night, and then about a month or so later, I had a couple come with me. They were from North Carolina. They went to that same event. But before we went, uh, a day or two before, uh, we sat down with his uncle and his uncle's wife in in. Uh, town in Kentucky. We sit down. I went through the presentation, and you know, I was play one, play two was get them to the event, the the meeting in Lexington. 
And this dude that had been hanging out, uh, hanging out in, in the hallway, my upline had given me different checks of people. Back then you could show checks of pe- what people were making in a month. And his, his, his was one of the checks that they gave me. I didn't, the guy's name was Bill. Um, so I'm going through the presentation with my, my, my buddy's uncle and I'm showing the different checks that people are making. And his wife saw this bill and she said, well, I went to school with him. Well, then come to find out when we left, they're coming Thursday, but Bill, she called Bill and said, Hey, is this true? Blah, blah, blah. And then he starts in with her. Don't join those people from North. Don't join your relatives. You know, you need to join me. I'm going to do this. I'll do that. Blah, 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 blah. And it was all kinds of drama. And I don't want to get into the whole story. It all worked out in the end. But, but it's part of this game. It's part of, and I don't, that, that type of, of dishonest behavior is uncalled for and it's unnecessary. So, uh, that's one of the reasons I tell people, I always ask people when they contact me, how did you find out? And if they say, well, my sister-in-law, blah, blah, blah. And I say, contact them. Contact them. Uh, you know, this type of poaching, trying to steal prospects, prospects from other people in the same company, it's wrong and it's ridiculous. And I, I had a bad taste in my mouth towards this guy the entire time I was there as did a lot of other people. And last I heard, I think his wife actually shot and killed him, or maybe maybe it was his brother's wife. I can't remember. But uh, So I get that, and it's ridiculous. But when I made the decision personally to join New Image International, uh, I, I had my eight or nine, ten leaders. I did a private meeting with them, and I told them, I said, look, guys, I don't like the the direction the company's going. I don't believe in this the product that they're bringing in and they're phasing out the products that we've been successful with, and I've got to do something else. And this is where I'm going, but here's what I want you guys to do. You stay right here because all these people are making six figures full time, feeding their family with 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 uh, NSA. And I said, stay right here. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to go over here. I'm starting brand new. Uh, I'm going to build this. And if and when down the road you feel like you need to make a move, then hopefully you'll have a home. We'll have a, something established and you'll have a home here. And, you know, seven out of the eight or whatever said, no, Dale, if this is where you're going, if it's the best for you, it's the best for us, we're going with you. So I say all that just to say this. My ethics and track record kind of speak for itself. Where I, what I believe, uh, you know, one person's not going to make or break you. Uh, I've had people that have, in the recruiting process, I talked to them first. They ended up signing up with somebody else in my early years. Didn't feel good, felt bad. But it's just part of the process, and you know what? They're the ones that lost. They're the ones that lost, and they will tell you that today. So uh, 
my philosophy has always been, and I've always believed, and I've always tried to do my very best, and Zig taught me, taught everybody in network marketing, everybody in network marketing can quote this quote, but very few can walk the walk. You can have anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. So my whole my whole philosophy has been what how do you how do you help people get what they want? And it's by developing homegrown leaders. How do you do that? Not by entertaining them on social media, but 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 by having the sequential systems, concepts, ideas, philosophies that can help them move forward. It's not just about getting them in, it's about getting them in, keeping them in, helping them move forward. So I'm going to share with you three experiences I've had this week that have been unbelievable. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you guys know that out of the blue a few weeks ago, uh, the best opportunity I have seen in 40 years, seriously, without question, just kind of landed in my lap. I, I'm still, still five weeks in pinching myself. I can't, I can't believe. I just can't believe that I have the opportunity and the and the desire and the ambition and the excitement to build a team again. It's the last thing on my mind, I promise you. Um, so we decided, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to launch. And, you know, I made up several lists. One was 12 of the most experienced network marketers I knew that I would enjoy really enjoy working with. That was my first list. The next was a list of 80 people that I felt like were in the wrong company at the wrong time, but but I felt like would be teachable and understood the concept of leadership development, that whole philosophy. Um, and one of the first people I thought about when I'm thinking about who's in the wrong company at the wrong time was a, a young lady, we'll just call her Melinda, and I'm changing her name, but Melinda was a member of our MLM training club when I first met her, and she was kind of frustrated and burnt out trying to support her team. Uh, she had created momentum and success when she first started just based upon her own enthusiasm, work ethic, value-focused attitude, and her ability to shoot straight and not sugarcoat things. And, you know, momentum is very hard to create and it's easy to lose. And I think she probably thought everyone had the same vision, work ethic, drive, and determination that she did and really didn't ever, never understood how unique she really was. Um, she's in a more of a traditional direct sales company. It, it doesn't have a consumable product. And when I talk about the stars lining up, um, what she was doing, honestly, none of the stars were lined up. You know, the company's been around forever since 2003. The comp plan, I would say, is weak. Uh, the product is phenomenal. It's awesome, but it's not consumable. So the company has to always provide distributors with what we call a new little red wagon to play with every 90 days, six months or so. A lot of rah-rah culture, but not a lot of substance uh, with their training and so on and so forth. Uh, it's a lot of direct sales women getting fired up and getting business cards and going out and doing a little bit of business and 
you know, most of them aren't making much money, and there's a few that can keep the troops moving forward that are getting wealthy. So she was one of the first piece, people that I contacted, and she immediately responded. And when we talked, I found that she was going through some really rough times. Her husband and her had split up. Uh, she now found herself taking care of three young children. She was working part-time. Uh, thinking about moving to a new city and really needed the income from her direct sales team to survive, to pay her bills, to feed her kids. So my initial thought was, and quite frankly, it still is, uh, she's here for a reason. I contacted her for a reason. And the success story she builds with this opportunity is going to touch and inspire so many people. That was my feeling. I still have that feeling. But when the word got out that she was building another team, her existing team members started to turn on her. And how many times have we seen this happen? The drama in this profession is ridiculous. It's like, you're leaving Kia Motors to go to Lexus? How dare you abandon us? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. But her upline called her, and I would say kind of threatened her, and, and said, you know, when the company finds out, you're going to lose your check, so you better be careful, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then they start in on me how unethical it is for me to try to poach her. That's another term, or the term. And I had no business ethics and so on and so forth and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and there's probably things going on behind the scenes that I really don't understand or really don't know about. But my plan was simple. I'm going to help her and her kids every way I possibly can. Uh, I, I got her positioned in a good spot on my team. Uh, right now, I mean, she's got over 30 people stacked down under her and in one leg, I think in probably 30 countries and a lot of volume. And and then I found out, you know, through more communication, she really joined just because it was me and she knows me, likes me and trusts me, which is always the wrong reason. Always the wrong reason. I really didn't understand the comp plan uh, and has kind of after the upline call and the threats, for lack of a better way to communicate it, she's kind of disengaged a little bit. And I assume she's just in a panic mode trying to hold on to what she has, and I understand that because she has to feed her family. And I'm not sure how this is going to play out. I mean, I don't know right now. I know she's probably at a crossroads in her life, and I also believe she's with us for a reason but I'm not sure if she understands the crossroads. You know, it's always good if you can recognize the crossroads in front of you better than getting down the year, getting down the road a few years, three or four years, and look behind you and say, oh, I was at a crossroads back then. Uh, I don't understand when someone decides to change direction and move in a new direction that how people that you thought were your friends will shun you, talk bad about you. Just because somebody has the guts to leave the drama and the cult-like atmosphere behind, it's it's kind of fascinating to me. I just I don't 
understand it. My mind can't go there where most people's minds obviously go. So I, I kind of really feel sorry for this young lady right now. I feel there's a great plan ahead for her. I hope she will re-engage and move forward as she can. I mean, she initially told me, I think it was like she needed $4,000 a month to get all in. And I know with a leg that's already been placed and that she could probably accomplish that, you know, pretty quickly with just a few five, ten hours of focused work a week, doing the right things, doing the income generating activities. And then from there, I mean, the upside potential is a thousand times better uh, than she could have ever hoped for where she is now. I mean, I, I, I see this. You know, for many people, but especially for her, I mean, I see our dreams for her family, you know, becoming a reality. So I feel sorry for those of you that are uh, praying people. Please remember her. We'll just call her Melinda and her three, three children and your thoughts and prayers. Uh, I know that we're going to build a team and culture where someone with her work ethic, drive, natural talents will absolutely thrive. And I believe she's at a crossroads, and I hope she recognizes that. Uh, you know, I, I can remember years ago I was kind of in a similar situation, and uh, the guy, I was when I was getting in the insurance business, and, you know, it's like, what do I do? And he said, honey, he said, honey, if you need the little check, that's all you're ever going to have. And I've never forgot it. So anyway, that, that kind of bothers me, you know, that you got somebody that's trying to move forward and do better and, and it's got a lot of stress just with three kids and COVID and everything else. And then, you know, team members and people start shunning her and, and ridicule and, you know, Dale Calvert's a scumbag and so on and so forth. And you're new and you're in love with this company, but you know it's not taking you where you want it to be and it's not going to take you where you want to go. And you have the opportunity to get involved with a proven, uh, proven company, proven systems, proven leadership. Uh, and you try to make that move and everybody that you know is just being discouraging to you. It's kind of tough. I feel sorry for her. the next situation. You know, you just can't, some people you just try to help them get out of their own way. And this is probably one. It's a lady who owns a salon in Las Vegas. We'll just call her Karen to protect her. Uh, I met Karen about 10 years ago when I was initially hired to be the corporate trainer for a company called, well, we'll just change the name. We'll call it BPM. BPM is the name of the company. Uh, we first met, it was on a, incentive cruise that the company had and she was seated at our table you know how they do assign seats on some of these cruise ships and i really liked her she seemed like a solid person a hard worker uh very value focused very grounded and i felt good about you know it was just a really good solid person and you know i ended up leaving that company when we realized really what a scumbag the owner was and much of what we had 
what what he had pitched to me about the direction the company was going and investment groups and blah 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 was all just a big lie. But anyway, I heard that she had went to Legal Shield, and honestly, that was kind of surprising. Uh, you know, Legal Shield at one time was prepaid legal, and I'm not sure if they merged or just uh, changed their name or what was going on. But Legal Shield's been around since like 1972 or three. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you've heard me say many times, the more credible the company, the less of an opportunity exists with that company. The more credible the company, the less of an opportunity exists with that company. It's about timing. It's about being in the right place at the right time. So uh, when you're building a team, it's the same work. I mean, it's the same work. So why would you join a company that's been around for Years versus a startup. And, and again, it's such a fine line, guys. And, and, and again, I hate startups. I don't want to have anything to do with a startup. Uh, you know, I've seen so many companies have come and gone that had huge upside potential. The product story sounded phenomenal. Everything seemed like it could possibly fall in place and that it had a lot of potential. I mean, we've all seen those. And and he said, well, I just want to see what it does. Well, then five years from now, it becomes an Herbalife or whatever. And you saw it in the beginning. Like I was at I was at the first office when the office opened for A.L. Williams in Kentucky, the first one. I was recruited by the RSVP there. I could have gotten involved in that wave before anybody knew, knew what A.L. Williams was. But the challenge is most of them don't make it through the first year, very few make it to three years and hardly none make it to five years. That's not a, that's not a fun game. Now, if you hit, you can create wealth. If you know what you're doing and you're willing to work and you know how to build a team and you care about people and you have the systems in place to develop your homegrown leaders, you can, you can do phenomenal. But so I, I mean, I understand why a lot of people avoid startups. But like I was trying to tell her, look, I'm not I'm not talking about a startup here. I'm talking about an eight year old established booming European company with a proven product, uh, a category creating product. I'm talking about leaders already making six figures monthly with this program. I'm talking about a companies in 30 countries around the world. It, it, this is this is no USA startup. This is proven. It's proven. The track record is the track record. The only thing that makes it so daggone unique is that it just launched in North America. It's five weeks old. But you don't have to worry about all the traditional worries that you should have when you're working a startup because it's already in 30 countries, already doing 57 million plus a year. Uh, again, it's just it's it's amazing to me how people see things through wrong the wrong glasses, and they think they're right. They think, well, this is a startup. I avoid startups, guys. You got to get smarter sometimes. You got to look a little bit deeper. I mean, for heaven's sakes, look behind the curtain. But anyway, so I contacted her, and I'm just going to share with you the text messages, and then we can uh, we can. Continue. Uh, it was just kind of, it's just really, it's been unbelievable because 
again, I've kind of told you my background with her and my feelings. And, and again, I didn't know her that well because we met on the cruise. And then it wasn't too long after that that things started going south and we started realizing it wasn't what it appeared to be. And we, you know, that's when the concerns started. So I'd only met her once. I think I'd picked her up, Donna and I picked her up at a, at the airport, maybe in Memphis or Knoxville or something. She flew in for an event, but I didn't know her that well. But, you know, um, so I sent her a text. I said, hi, Karen. I hope all is well with you and yours. I made this four-minute video for you this morning and just sent the link and then never heard anything the next day. See, my whole thing is I don't care if somebody likes it, doesn't like it. All I care about is if I know them and I, and I feel like I, I they've got the work ethic and the, and the leadership, I just want to make sure they've seen it. Whether they join, don't join, none of that matters to me. I just, I know it's exposure. I understand I'm looking for the right person at the right time in their life. And I respect that. But she didn't reply. But I do expect a reply, the courtesy of a reply. Uh, next day I said, did you see it? Still no reply. Next day, that next day, Karen, just tell me you have no interest and you have no curiosity. You've seen the video. And we're good. And then I did a big red question mark uh, emoji, I guess they call it. So she said, hi, what? I'm sorry. What are you speaking of? And so I just sent her the video again. And then after I sent her the video, it's like, what is this about? What, what are you talking about? I've been in Legal Shield eight years plus and still on my salon. I plan to retire in two years with Legal Shield. Thanks for thinking of me. You've been there eight years and you haven't been able to place your income and sell your business and, and retire as you'd planned on. So I'm thinking, okay. Uh, so I, I just said, look, if you're not making a hundred thousand a month, you should watch the four minute video. Uh, there's only 300 distributors in the U S. Uh, but there's 252,030 countries around the world, and it's just launched. Now, see, business-minded people can look at that facts, and they, they see the facts. They don't and, – and people that haven't been around this industry very long, they, all they hear is blah, 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 blah. They don't have the ability to distinguish between blah, blah, blah and facts. So I try to keep it short, sweet. Look, if you're not making 100000 a month, you should probably watch the four-minute video. There's over 300 – only 300 distributors in the U.S., but there's 252,000 around the world in 30 countries, and it just launched. See, that calculates with the people that I'm looking for, and I understand that it does. Uh, still, no response. So it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, eight years legal shield. You just stay there, and hopefully, you can retire. But then this is my close. I said, just send me your postal mailing address and I will send you, I'll get some samples in your hands. Didn't hear anything. I couldn't believe it. So I said, next day, address, question mark. Still not responding to me. So it's like, it, now I'm kind of, what? What? Uh, so then I said, 
then I had like a, a leader, big leader from Legal Shield that joined our team. So I said, Legal Shield, Legal Shield leader just joined us. Uh, he could have been on your team. And you know what? He could have been. He should have been. Because we're only building two lines straight down, so everything's being stacked under somebody. And then I sent her the screenshot where Don and I were the number one recruiters in the world uh, our first month in the program. And I thought, well, that this is it. She won't even give me her address. Let me come back since she loves Legal Shield so much, and let me just let her know that big guys just joined us. And then here, here it starts. Who would that be? With the residual income Legal Shield leaders are making, there's no way they would give up on their Legal Shield business. I can tell you that. I probably know him or her. Who is it? I'm just not. I'm just not into doing health and wellness anymore. I think they need. I think they need, and the cost for legal is much greater than anything else right now. Plus, they can buy products anywhere, and also. Nobody likes to take health products. For the most part, they don't even care. I got tired of trying to convince people to take care of themselves. Well, I should have just let it be, honestly. Uh, so then I go on. You will find out soon who the, who the Legal Shield person is. Uh, we have multiple, we have top income earners from multiple companies are joining us and that's the truth uh if you think we're marketing vitamins you obviously didn't watch the video and don't understand that we have a category creating product that nobody else has or will ever have listen karen i sent the text for you not for me and that's why i showed her we were the top recruiter um legal shield has ran its course and it has in any logical thinking network marketing pro that's been around any time at all will tell you the legal shield has ran its course. It's, it's had its day. And then I just told her, look, stay where you are. Watch what happens. I tried. And that was, that's my only focus. I tried. I tried to help her. Okay. Um, and at this point I'm thinking, well, maybe I, my, my perception of her was not what I thought. P.S. If you have a chance sometime, listen to momsuccess.com forward slash story 197. And that's where I kind of really talk about timing and all that. Some of you may have heard it. And I said maybe in 10, 10 or 20 years from now, if an opportunity of this magnitude comes around again, you won't miss it. And I'm done. Okay. And, but she won't let it die. I know what you're trying. <laughs> I know that you're trying to get me to look, but I am loyal to Legal Shield and have not ran. We have not ran our course. Are you kidding? Uh, we've grown about forty percent since the whole stupid thing started, and that's that's her words, not mine. Stupid thing. Uh, I really can't focus on anything else because I have a team that is dependent on me, dependent upon me, and I work with a lot of great leaders in our company. I'm a builder, and here's the term. You wouldn't like it if somebody was trying to poach me out of your organization, would you? Poaching. So again, see, when you combine all this misinformation and, and these 
these paradigms and these philosophies and these best business practices, when people get indoctrinated with this, sometimes they miss opportunities that are so clear right in front of them and they can't see it because in, in, in her mind, she really thinks I'm trying to poach her. I'm not. I'm, I'm really not. And honestly, at this point, it doesn't matter to me at all. I just had thought about her because I liked her and I thought she had a lot of the thing, the traits that I look for in people. But my gosh, I, you know, stay where you are. You've been there eight years. You're still not full time. Haven't gone. You haven't retired. Just keep doing it. You know, I'm glad you're loyal. You know, it's like, come on. And then I said, I sincerely don't need you. And I think you need to stay where you are. And that, and I mean that. Uh, and I'm texting this. If somebody on my team finds a better opportunity, I hope they will leave and take me with them. Sincerely, listen to the podcast. P.S. You do know that Legal Shield back in the day was called prepaid legal, right? Listen to the podcast and best of luck in the future, Karen. So I'm done, right? No, I'm not done. Of course, I know that Harlan Harlan Stone Cipher was like a father to me, blah, 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 blah. And all the great leaders, uh, too bad that that started the company, too bad they're not with us now. It's, It's unfortunate they've gone on, but they've cloned themselves and my mentors, the team leaders, and I'm very happy. Our rights are being taken away every second of the day. And there's so much fat butt people in the world. Nobody wants to take care of themselves. They all want to argue and get meds and crap like that from the government. (laughs) People send me stuff every single day. I don't jump around. And the only reason I left PBM was because of the owner's infidelity and dishonesty. Uh, honestly, I'm getting just burnt out with this at this point. But you can see the mentality in which I'm what I'm dealing with. You can see you can see people by the words they use. You understand where they're at. So I said, look, I respect your loyalty. That's why I sent the text to you to begin with. To miss the launch of the biggest explosion this profession has seen in over 20 years because of loyalty makes no business sense to me. But I still respect loyalty. Please, Karen, just listen to the podcast. By the way, I left PBM before you did for many of the same reasons, and I left a lot of money on the table when I when I walked out. I know what's getting ready to happen in the USA. Just remember, you heard it here first and listened to the podcast. No need to respond, and we're done. So, again... Some people you cannot help get out of their own way. I mean, why are you in business? Are you in business so you can have a bunch of people that you can be on their tribe and be loyal to? Are you in business to maximize your upside income potential and still have a great group of people that you can hang out with and be loyal to? Only it's real fun when people are progressing monthly and making money along the way. It doesn't get much better than that. It it sincerely doesn't get much better than that. So this brings me to my feature of the month. Uh, follower 
gatherer of the week, Helen McFadden. As, you know, Jim Rohn says, never mistake sincerity with truth because some people are sincerely wrong. I've always tried to give people the benefit of the doubt, but at some point, every 3%er, quote-unquote, network marketing leader, I really need I need to to really drive this point home because this is real important. So at some point, every high performance quote unquote leader, people we call leaders in network marketing, I call them three percenters, realize that what they do and how they do it and teach it will never be duplicate it by the 27 percenters. See, 70% of the people are going to die broke. There's nothing me, you, anybody can do about it. It all has to do with their programming, and, and it's sad, and most people will not take the time to reprogram their mind. Uh, so, again, I don't want to get into that. The government tells us, life insurance tells us, 70% die broke. 3%, get out of my way. I'm going to go make it happen with the skill sets, mindsets that I have that are comfortable for me to implement in the marketplace. 27% of the people, which is the majority of network marketers, are good, honest, hardworking people. Okay, the problem is 3%ers are trying to teach the 27%ers how to do the business. So every 3%er at some point, they're laying in bed at night, you know, a two by four hits them. It's like something falls out of the sky, and it. And I've had too many conversations. I know it's true. Every one of them at some point comes to the realization that what I do and what I'm comfortable doing and what I do well, my 27 percenters on my team are never going to be able to do what I do and duplicate what I do. And once they come to that reality, if they continue to do what they've always done the way they've always done it because it's natural and easy for them, then in my opinion, they step over the line. They step over the line because they know that they were in the right place at the right time and lightning struck and they got lucky or they were able, they had trade show experience in corporate America and they were able to maximize that experience in the network marketing model or social media or whatever you want to talk about. It is the responsibility of leadership to provide systems that help the 27 percenters grow, learn, progress and move forward. Yeah, and I think Helen McFadden is a great example of what this industry has become and the number one reason why network marketing has lost all respect that we once had back in the mid-90s. You know, I think about Success Magazine when it was really Success Magazine and not a pitch book for whatever network marketing company paid to be on the cover Back when it was really Success Magazine, back in 95, and they had the cover, We Create Millionaires, how network marketing entrepreneurial elite are building fortunes at breakneck breakneck speed. Uh, For those of you that have heard my trainings over the years, you've heard me talk about when a movement gets away from its core fundamentals, there's always unintended consequence. If you haven't heard that, mlmhelp.com forward slash critical important. So you've heard me say that a thousand times. It's based upon the core fundamentals. And when you get away from those, because you have special skills, transferable skills, 
uh, there's unintended consequences because you are not the issue. It's why at the end of every podcast you hear us say, if you build people, people will build the business. The network marketing profession is full of people I call Elvises. They like to be in front of the group. They like to lead the cheers. They like to do the rah-rah and perform. And, and, and these people have never really considered what does it really take to help people develop their personal internal leadership abilities. So I want to share with you the message I received from Miss McFadden. Uh, please understand that probably a couple of years ago, we're going to be talking about a, a lady named Beth. Probably a couple of years ago, Beth took the time to write me a super nice note and mail it to me, sharing with me how much the podcast had meant to her. Uh, I keep all those in a binder, but honestly, I'd forgotten about this particular one, but Don uh, had, I think, communicated with her over the phone at one point and remembered her. So from my perspective, this is what happened. Uh, since the word's gotten out that I'm building a team again, I have people you know, contacted me um, daily requesting more information and see what I have to figure out. Is, is this somebody that's looked at the comp plan, understands if I can get in one of Dale's lines, I'm going to, one of them, I'm going to have a line built to China just because I'm with him and I'm trying to, to jump in my back pocket. Or is it somebody that is sincerely ready to maximize their full leadership upside potential and get in a culture that will help them develop their second and third and fourth wave of homegrown leaders. So Beth sent me an email and I sent her some information and we scheduled a time to talk and we talked and I could tell real quickly that she was a true student. She had really listened and as you've, you've heard me say many times, the best teachers are first grade students. Great leaders are first grade followers. That's when, uh, again, it, they didn't take the, the the great students are first grade followers. And again, I could go down so many tracks. I'm trying to stay on topic here, but she wasn't typical, and. You know, the, the typical I can do it with transferable skills that I bring to the table that you see everywhere all over the industry today. And we talked about how she probably missed the real growth stage and momentum with Plexus and a whole lot of other things. It was a good, great conversation. So she ended up joining and we got her plugged into our private Facebook group, uh, put a game plan together, discussed her initial launch. And in my mind, a great business relationship was started, and my goal was to do everything I can to help her and her husband retire, and that because that's her number one reason. She wants to retire her husband. So, again, it was the start, and I don't know where it's going to go. We'll see. Is she, gonna, is she willing to play ball? A lot of people talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm doing what I do. Then a few days later, I get an email from her upline, Miss McFadden, and here's what it said. I am a diamond emerald ambassador with a cherry on top with Plexus Worldwide. Uh, I added the cherry on top. 
I am a diamond emerald ambassador with Plexus Worldwide. I have been in network marketing for almost three decades. Then you should know better. Uh, I'll try to um, – let me just stay on task here. My friend Beth Rodriguez of 34 years, who has been on my Plexus team for over six years, decided to grow her business this year after leaving her full-time job early in 2020, told me yesterday that you reached out to her a few days ago and asked her to join your network marketing company. 1,000% untrue. Apparently you mentor, apparently you mentor many people in our industry and are a man of integrity. Question, question, question. Last time I checked, poaching people, there's the word guys, poaching people and offering to build a downline under them is anything but ethical. It makes people loathe our industry. I cannot stay on task. I'll tell you, Miss McFadden and all the rest of you three percenters, that are out there doing what you do with your transferable skills, creating your following, that's what makes real business-minded people loathe this industry. That's it. That's it. That's it. They look Business-minded people look at what, quote-unquote, network marketing leaders do, and more importantly, what they're not doing to help people truly progress and grow and learn, which can only be done sequentially and systematically, and and, and don't have a frigging clue how to make that happen. They just know how to lead the cheers and high-five the rock stars, and that's why people loathe this industry. Uh, when Success Magazine came out and said, we create millionaires, this industry was admired from afar by a lot of business-minded people because they understand the skill sets, mindsets it takes to lead a true duplicating team. Anybody can lead a bunch of followers. A bunch of followers, anybody can do that. But to create a duplicating team of homegrown leaders takes a lot of skill, a lot of effort. Uh, anybody can just lead the cheers. So that, that just it, that aggravates me. That aggravates me. Let me continue. It is what makes people loathe this industry. You don't have a clue. And as a woman of integrity, I have spent much of my network marketing career trying to model to people how network marketing should and can be done and you can actually be successful without those tactics. I'm saddened to hear your business pra- of your business practice, and I am very sad to lose my BFF and level one ambassador to your to her. Pl- I am very sad to lose my BFF and level one ambassador to her plexus dream as she was lured over (laughs) to you and your promises. You should be ashamed of yourself. I will make sure to let everyone know that what you preach and who you really are are not aligned with all your mentoring and business coaching. You should have at least coached Beth to have a conversation with me before making the decision to leave Plexus, and you should begin putting, and you shouldn't have begun putting people under her. What? Oh my gosh. And, and you know what? 
she this is really where this lady this is what she thinks it's sincerely what she believes see, see people have the uncanny ability to tell themselves t- what they want to hear tell themselves so to so they don't have to look in the mirror they don't have to look at the facts of the matter they just they just twist it as they want it to be with even if it has no reality of of the real situation and when and when you do that how do you ever grow beyond i mean the obvious answer is why would someone with as much drive determination as 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 beth why would she leave my team what can i do better it's it's unbelievable. Oh, I should have I should have cleared it with her first. I should have made sure she goes back and and has a talk with you before she leaves. It, it, it's it's unbelievable. It, I mean this this is one of the it's it's almost it's so crazy it's almost scary. So I just said thank you so much for your message. You've given me great content for this week's podcast over at mlmsuccess.com. Poaching is a network marketing term created by weak people. My response to you personally will be on this episode. You should really get your facts straight before you throw accusations you know nothing about. For the record, I didn't contact Beth. She contacted me. This is my promise. I'm going to go after every Plexus distributor I can. You went after the wrong guy, Helen. Sleep well, Dale. And the reason I'm going after Plexus is because if, if this is the type of leaders they have, which all indications this is kind of the norm, not just in Plexus, honestly, but in every company, uh, there's a lot of really good people like Beth, I'm sure, and Plexus and many other companies that really, really need to break away from this and get the training, the support, the direction that they need to move forward and fulfill their dreams. Uh, when it's all said and done, Miss McFadden and those like her, which is basically everybody, when they refuse to take personal responsibility – when a one-time committed, loyal, intelligent, business-minded person leaves their team, what are they ultimately going to end up with? Nothing. They're going to end up with nothing but a bunch of people that are followers that will never take action, but they like hanging out and they like doing the cheers and they like telling their relatives they have a business and they have a business card with their name on it. You end up with a bunch of social club members because real leaders see behind the curtain. They understand what it takes. They understand that what you're doing and what you're teaching will never duplicate. So, so many of these people, I think they're good people. I just think they bought the wrong philosophy. They, they're good people. They just bought the wrong philosophy. But but they're never going to build anything significant because any because all significant people will eventually leave. Uh, those that can motivate themselves and function outside the tribe, but are smart enough to realize 
This business is about duplication and the development of, of homegrown leaders, and it's not a popularity contest. They're all coming here. They're all coming here. They're all coming to companies and, and organizations that have unified sequential, unified duplicatable systems because it's the only chance for success, and they're, they're smart enough to understand that. They get that. So I could go on and on. I think right now really what I want to do, I mean, this is just, it's, it's, it's disturbing for me on so many levels. And again, you're hearing my side and her side. Let's just hear what Beth had to say to Plexus and her Plexus upline, downline, sideline. Let's hear what Beth had to say about this situation. Very good, close, fun friend, Penny Dubeck. She was my first builder uh, with Plexus. We did a lot of fun things together, fun events and videos. And oh God, we just had so much fun. Anyways, she unexpectedly died last week. She died alone at her desk at one o'clock in the morning of a sudden heart attack. And that hit me really hard. That could be me. That could be you. That could be my husband who works so hard. And my life would be turned upside down if that happened. And I started thinking how I need to retire him. I, I need to work harder, smarter, differently than I ever have in my life. And so with that, I'd like to say thank you so much to Plexus, the One Plexus family, to my best friend, Helen, that got me into this company years ago. We got in for fun. I was not going to work the business, and I ended up doing that. But unfortunately, although it was a great fit in every other aspect, it wasn't for me financially. Um, the, the business module for me didn't work. It works great for other people and I am happy for them and more power to them. But I need to make this change for myself and for my husband and for my family. I need to make that scary jump out of plexus. I prayed and prayed over the next few days of what am I going to do? I don't want to go back to corporate America. I don't want to build someone else's dream. And I need to make money in a meaningful way. I need to do that for my family, for my husband. I was cleaning my house. Gloves on, deep into sinks and toilets. And I was listening to a podcast. And this podcast series I had dedicated myself to listening to over the last two years. I really enjoyed it. And something, all I can say, it was divine intervention that I heard something at the right moment, at the right time. And I ripped off my gloves, grabbed my phone, and sent a compelling email to the author of that podcast. He called me the next day, and we had a great 40-minute conversation about where I'm at, what my goals are, what I'm willing to do for that. 
And by the grace of God, he accepted me into his program to build a company that is eight years old. They are in 50 countries worldwide. And he's been the leader to launch it in the United States. And now this girl's on that team. So all I can say is thank God that there is an answer. And it's with the right person at the right time. So I'll be doing that, but you won't see much of it on my, my Facebook or my social media. I'm not going to spam my friends with it on my social media. So, um, I know you're all saying, thank you. <laughs> Maybe I'll get my friends back. <laughs> Anyways, all in all, I just want to say thank you again, Helen. Thank you to Plexus for my past chapters, for everything I've learned, for all the fun we've had. It's just a business decision. It is nothing personal. For all my other friends and family, thank you for supporting me in that past chapter and in that journey. And I do appreciate your love and support with this new one in my life. I'd like to just end by saying a quote that I read again, divine intervention, by Socrates. The secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And that's exactly where I'm at. I love you all. I wish you a great September, a wonderful fall, and don't be afraid of change. So there you go. That's from Beth in her own words, the, the video that she sent out to uh, her Plexus team. And, and my question, got it's real simple. How could any uh, leader, and again, I, I use that term, especially in network marketing, very loosely with quotes around it. But how could a leader not uh, and, and supposedly a friend not support someone who decides, you know what? I know you're you're at uh, at Kia here with me, and you're my upper management. But I've got this tremendous offer from Lexus, and I've evaluated it and prayed about it, and I think this is the move for my family. And they make that move. How could someone who's supposed to be a friend not support it? And how and in the real world, how could that upper manager then go to Lexus and? accuse the upper management of Lexus of everything they can think of to try to justify all it is is a justification of their inadequacies as a leader that's all it is so i i, I it just kind of blows my mind and i have no doubt that we're going to be facing this a lot over the especially the next 12 18 24 months because it is what it is uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and when I say it's it's the best compensation plan, product, uh, uh, story, track record, owner, when I say all the stars are lined up, daggone it, I mean it. I'm not, it's this is not blah 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 blah. This is the real deal. It's the real deal, and I am very thankful myself that I have the opportunity to do what I love to do best, which is build teams. I mean, I love business, and I love building businesses, but even more than businesses, I like building teams. I love building teams. I love seeing lives change. See, I'm going to celebrate with Beth when her husband's full-time with her and she can retire him. 
it's going to be a great day for Dale, Dale and Don Coward. I promise you. That's what, that's where I get the most energy and satisfaction. And I'm really glad that we've brought up this whole poaching issue because again, it's going to happen a lot more. <laughs> I promise. And, and, and I'm glad we've had the chance to kind of look deep into what's really going on here. We're talking about people's lives, not your ego. Not your ego. I'm sorry people's egos get bruised, but, you know, get past it. Get past it. We're talking about people's lives. So I hope that this session created and provoked thought for you guys. Uh, this business is about helping Beth retire her husband. It's about realistically helping Karen get out of her own way and use their talents, their work ethic, the skills that they've acquired, and people like Karen, when the stars line up so they can sell their shop and retire if that's what they really want to do. It's about helping single moms like Melinda break out of the cult and leave the drama behind her and and build her dreams for herself and her three children with the right culture, the right opportunity at the right place in history. Network marketing is not here to feed the egos of the three percenters. It's here to impact families and generations of people, help them become what they were designed to become. I applaud people like Beth and many more who, you know, they fall in love with their first company and then they have enough belief in themselves and faith to make the pivot and take what they've learned and apply it in a a proven leadership development culture. Guys, we developed over 200 six-figure earners on our personal team. It didn't happen by accident. I promise it didn't happen because I am like I'm somebody that loves to just tell people what they need want to hear and 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 throw a lot of fluff and and smoke at them, smoke and mirrors at them. I am what I am. I do what I do because I understand the life-altering power of this business model because of what it has done for me. I mean, many of you know I was living in a little 600-square-foot house driving a beat-up Chevette, 20-year-old snot-nosed kid when I started. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. My 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 sponsor quit two weeks after I started. I understand the path. I get it. I, I've traveled it. I've traveled it myself, and it hasn't been easy, but daggone it, it's been worth it. It's been worth it. And 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 I want to help people travel that path. That's why I, I do what I do and say what I say. So, again, I applaud people that like Beth and, and people that have enough self-confidence to break out and get plugged in and to recognize, hey, this is an unbelievable opportunity, and and it's a great culture that I can be involved with, and we can change a lot of lives and make a huge impact, uh, not just for my family, but for many, many more families around the world. If you're a leader who loses people, who are who's afraid of getting your downline poached, raided, or whatever term you want to use, 
until you're willing to take responsibility for developing the sequential systems and culture, your team will always lose business-minded people who have the ability and the courage to look behind the curtain. You're always going to lose them. This is Dale Calvert. I'll talk to you next week on another session of MLMSuccess.com podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the No Fluff MLM Leadership Training Podcast. To download the show notes for this episode, you can find them under the podcast section at www.mlmhelp.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence.